We're jellyfish. <laughs> Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Dobbenmeyer. Let me see here. 1,868, is that right? 1,868th show. I'm always amazed every time I come down. I was, I was talking to Michelle before I came down. Hey, listen, I just want to say publicly. Man, I love my wife. I, lo- I love my wife. And uh, uh, I, was, I was talking to her before I came down here today. And uh, I said, what keeps, what keeps people coming back? I said, sort of in a strange sort of way to Michelle, why, why, why do people get up at 7 o'clock in the morning every day and tune in here? And we lose some. I mean, that, that's people come and go, and that's all right. But what, what, what is it? And she said something. <clears throat> she said, you know, I, I don't know, because your show's not entertainment. And I thought, wow. Wow. That's pretty profound. This show is entertaining, but it's not entertainment. Right, <clears throat> and it's not—it's not for everybody. It's for the scripture that Myra read before we went on the air. If you can pull that up, or is it? I didn't even look. Is it Spencer this morning, Jonathan? Whoever's running it, that's Spencer. I see, you, buddy. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's you. That's you guys. That's you guys. Huh? Yeah, a peculiar people, and you come in there every day because. Although you like to be entertained, you don't come here to be entertained. Maybe some of you do. <clears throat> but I don't think you do. I think you come in here to to learn. To I, I don't I don't know what it I don't know what it is. But uh, I'm honored to come in here every day and do my best to try to speak truth to us and still remain friends at the end of the day. And the journey that I've been, that I've been on over the last twenty some years, man, I ain't even. I ain't even close to the to the guy I used to be. I ain't close. And and Michelle said yesterday after the show, which I thought yesterday's show was really, I think they're all good, right? But I thought it was really good again yesterday. And she said to me, she says, you know, uh, you just say the same thing over and over. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're right. You're right. The repetition is the heart of education. The repetition is the heart of education. How we learn. And and the truth of the matter is, uh, she, at the heart, I guess, what, what we do is I'm, I'm always trying to challenge the church to be the church. And everywhere I look, everything I see, I see the problem being the church. I don't see the problem being the world being the world. I don't see the problem being the lost people being the lost people. I don't, I don't see that as the problem. They're just They're just living out. Their life, they're just living out their faith. In many cases, aggressively living out their faith. The problem isn't the world. We overcome the world. Even our faith is what the scripture says. 
The problem's us. The problem's our team. So when I keep coming back and saying, why? Because repetition is the heart of education. That you have got to, if we don't understand, those of you watching, joining me here today, if you don't understand that old line, we have met the enemy and it is us. If we don't, under, if we don't get that down, there isn't going to be anything that's ever going to, ever going to change. We are the problem. Christianity is the problem. The church is the problem. I was reading something today. Look, I don't want to make anybody mad. I just, I don't really care. I was reading something today. I do a lot of research in the morning. You guys know that. And I was doing some research this morning. And I came across, uh, I, I, if I could find it right now, I would show you. Um, does anybody know how long a generation is? Anybody know? If you Well, you could do the Google search right now. But does anybody know out there right now how long a generation is? And when they measure generations, does anybody know what it is? Last anybody? I heard it was 70 years. No. No, I was thinking 40, Coop. A good thing, but it's wrong. A generation 15, 20. is 20 years is a generation. If you stop and think about it, the average, before uh, birth control and all that stuff, the average person was a parent by 20. Would everybody agree with that? Amen. Back in the day, back in the day before technology and all that kind of stuff, the average person, when you were 20 years old, you had a baby. So a generation, every 20 years, new children are being born. That's what creates a generation, right? So uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to say just because so, I want you guys to think you, you hang on to whatever theology you want. But Jesus told us that this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. This generation shall not pass away. And he was standing where? Where was he standing? He was standing. It was uh, about A.D. 70, maybe I'm guessing when he said that, when he probably said it. And what he said, he said, this generation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. And here we are. 2,000 years later, still trying to make this generation be, I, I don't know. I don't know. And so whether we want to admit it or not, our, we all learned our theology from somebody. And somebody got that theology and passed that theology down to somebody else. That's how we get Baptists and Methodists and Lutherans and Presbyterians and Anglicans, because the, they disagreed on theology. You with me? They did, maybe they, dis, they didn't disagree that the Bible was true, but they disagreed with what certain aspects of the Bible said. So, well, we don't agree with that. We'll go start our own. We're going to go start our own group over here. And here we are with 60-some denominations later. Everyone's saying the Bible is true. It's the word of God. The Bible is true, but not agreeing on what the Bible says. Bingo. Clay, give me a thumbs up. Bingo on that, right? That, so that, that's where we find ourselves. Every denomination, I think, well, some of them are really, really fading, but every denomination believes the Bible is true. They just don't believe certain things in the Bible the same way other people believe certain things. In, you, you with me? There, therein lies the division. See? Therein lies our problem. And if you are hell-bent, that's a bad word. If you are, uh, if your mindset is such that we are about, that the Lord is coming and this is over, I'm going to tell you something. You ain't going to fight. You're not going to fight. You are not going to fight. And for the most part, that's the theology that has permeated America, permeated the world. And uh, this is going to really upset some of you, but I got to no, I don't care if it does. Get this, I got to get this off my chest. <clears throat> uh, 
we be today? Uh, see, it's, it's hard to even say this. Where would we be today if the United Nations hadn't formed the nation of Israel? <clears throat> where would we be today? Where would American theology be if the nation of Israel was not reestablished in 1948? By the way, 20 years after 48, uh, after 48 was 68, then 88, then 2008, and then 2020. Uh, we're quite a few generations past this generation who Jesus spoke to. Who and, and Okay, I'm going to get off of it. I'm going to get off of it. But you have got to understand, including me, that my theology might be wrong. Bible's true, but my interpretation of it might be wrong. Can somebody say amen just so I know I've got a friend out there? Amen. Your, amen. your interpretation amen. of Scripture could be wrong. And by the way, your interpretation of Scripture, you probably got from somebody else who got it from somebody else who got it from somebody else, right? So we look across the spectrum of America today. American theology has changed. I can't believe this. This is the last thing I put in in my in my uh, plans today. I'm going to I'm I'm going to work this backwards a minute, uh, but it's the first thing I want to show you today because I it was a great encouragement to me. Francis Chan, find that down there at the bottom. Y'all guys know who Francis Chan is. In my opinion, Francis Francis Chan has been for years and years and years been one of the jellyfish that's kind of got us in the mess that we're in. And I put it at 1.5 speed for me if you can, Spencer, because I, I heard this from Francis Chin. This isn't that long, is it? This is only supposed to be like a two-minute clip, isn't it? Uh, wait a minute. I don't want – if it's that long, I don't want you to, I don't want you to play if it's that – I'm checking right now, okay? If, if it's that long, I don't want to play it. I'll, I'll put it in the chat after. Let me see. I, I hate commercials. I hate commercials. Okay. Yeah, this is it. Okay. Just play. Just play a few minutes of this at 1.5 speed. Francis Chan has had an awakening. Go ahead. That many people are dealing with today on this specific issue, which we're going to unpack further, and how he internally was convicted about some of these methods. Check this out. When I read through the Bible, what hit me the most was I'm reading one prophet after the next. They all sound the same. Then you get to Jesus. He sounds just like them, but even deeper, richer. And then, then you get the apostle. Everyone sounds the same. They have the same tone, directness. And what, when I came to the end of it, I'm like, I don't sound like them. I mean, that's, that's pretty convicting if you're reading yeah, through the scriptures. I don't sound and you're seeing- like that. Francis Chan gets into the Bible and he begins reading. He reads what John says, and he reads what Matthew says, and he reads what Paul says, and he says, gone. when I stand in my pulpit and preach, I don't sound anything like those guys. <laughs> They're all harsh and direct and black and white and to the point, and I don't sound like that. He comes to this realization. Go ahead. No one sounds like them. And I realized they didn't care how people were going to respond mm. to their teaching. They knew they were going to be rejected. There was a, there wasn't a sense of, oh, I want this person to, I, I want this person to believe. And so they need to sit around and hear my teaching more. They just threw it out there, knowing they'd be rejected, knowing they'd get killed. They just said it. Mm. And we, I grew up in a time where we were working so hard on our craft mm-hmm. of communication and, okay, start with this story, start, you know, and, and get this because this is how you move someone. Right. And then it's, it's like, this is how you draw a crowd and talk about belt needs, talk about this, you know, relate to, you know, current events, on and on and on. This is how you get people to your gatherings. And pretty soon you're, you're thinking, what do people want to hear and what will turn them off? And that determines what you say. And I'm going, they didn't teach that way. They just said it. Woo! They didn't teach that way. They just said it. Now listen to what he goes on to say wow. about Jesus' own words with regards to not being popular. And then we're going to get to the actual issue he's talking about. Check this out. Jesus himself said, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And so we've got to stop playing this game of me right now thinking, well, if I say this just right, maybe I can still get everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. No, if I explain... Now, if you kill that life inside of you, mm-hmm. you will answer to a holy God one day for that. And out of love, I've got to say 
Don't do it. Yep. There are other options. And this is far bigger than maybe you realize. Mm -hmm. And it'd be so unloving for me to not say that and just let you come before this God at the end of your life. But also to say to those who have done this, there is forgiveness. He said that Jesus himself said that they hated me, so they'll hate you. And he said, sometimes that requires saying hard things. This wasn't more evident in my life until I had someone who is a friend of mine sat me down and told me that because I took a strong stance on Roe v. Wade being overturned, that they viewed me as all of a sudden fringe right. That because I have a yeah. stance that is pro the life of the unborn, that that made me somehow uh, a MAGA Trumpster, right? Craziness. And so he goes on to press pastors further. Now, why are we talking about this? Well, because we've seen some pastors be very ambiguous on this, be very quiet on this. Others have even hosted panels celebrating the opposite of what the Bible was fairly clear on. And so Francis Chan goes in here about the need to press into these ancient truths and how when we don't press into these ancient truths, you'll notice that the lies, ancient lies that were already discarded start to creep in. Check this out. <laughs> we have to attach ourselves to these ancient truths. Mm -hmm. And we have to question like, wait, so civilization, they believe all these things for 6,000 years. And now we in this generation are going to change all of the rules. And if you didn't know, the church has historically been about the rights of the unborn. Okay, some people will be like, well, the Bible's ambiguous about it. No, it's not. Okay, the Bible's actually very clear. And if you look at church history, church history is even more clear on this specific topic. And that makes sense to us. Like, I'm just challenging my kids mm -hmm. to think that through and go, look, mom and dad, I was handed this 40 years ago. And I've studied it every day. Yep. I've loved it. I've been in communion with this God for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm now passing this off to you. It's like a baton. It's like, this has been passed down for 6,000 years. It came to me. I've held it for 40 years and I'm going to hold it till I die. You know, but it's, it's your turn. And you've got to decide, are you going to continue in this tradition or are you going to believe your friend or that this generation is the one that finally figured out that everyone was wrong for all of human history? Um, and if you think about it, that is a lot of the narrative. That we don't have time to watch it all now. Man, um, this, is the, this is my heart, folks. This is my heart. And, and I, I want, mm, boy, oh boy, I want I want to be peculiar. I, I, in a funny sort of way, in a funny sort of way, I don't want my message welcomed in the church. I don't, if, I, I don't want it. Do you understand what, if pastors aren't going to allow me to come and speak at the church, I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about all of us, right? If I'm not allowed to come and deliver a hard message at a church, I don't even want to go there. Why would you, why would you ever want to go there? Because what's really under attack, and it's kind of the theme of the show today, is freedom of speech is under attack. Freedom of speech is under attack. That's where we're going to kind of. That's where we're going to try to go here this morning, and uh, 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 it's all over me. We're getting ready to go to uh, Rob Pugh's event this weekend uh, in uh, where is it, Wisconsin? Michelle and I getting packed, and ready to go for that thing. And uh, I want to. I want to. I want to go to. I want to go see some peculiar people. I don't want to go see, I don't want to go see Christian people. I don't want to go see Christians. I don't want to go see church people. I want to go see peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy generation. I want to go hang out with some folks who get it and who don't want to take it anymore. I want, I'm looking forward to seeing those kind of people. Neil, I'll let you in here real quick. Come on in. One of the things I saw yesterday in mainstream media was Andy Stanley said about the same thing. Well, Andy Stanley blamed the, uh, the uh, pastors at the pulpit for where we are today. Andy Stanley needs to look in the mirror and Francis Chan, I am familiar with his stuff. I think what's happening, I see it in our church. We have a small church and it's growing by the numbers weekly. I think people are sick of this soft gospel yeah, yeah. and these, these big pastor, or these pastors, these big church, churches are losing numbers. So they got to figure out how they're going to change their tune so they can keep the people back in their church. I think that that's a good awakening. <laughs> 
So I, I just wanted to say that. So Glenn, one of the things that's happened to us, Neil, is we, we, listen now, listen, we have bought into this whole globalism thing, right? Universalism. We don't want to call it that. But we tell everybody that Christianity is for everybody, that we're all God's children, yada, yada, yada. Folks, that is not true. That is not true. Yet that is, I hear it all the time from Christians, where we're all God's children. God loves everybody. Folks, I hate to tell you this. God does not love everybody. He loves his children. Hmm? And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But Jesus, Esau, Jacob, I've loved, and Esau, I've hated. What? Yeah, yeah. God didn't love everybody. Oh, 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 oh. His love's available. His love's available to everybody, but he doesn't love everybody. He doesn't. How can you love somebody you don't know? How's that, how's that even possible? This is a hard gospel, friends. This is a hard gospel. The gospel of universalism, it's, it's, dying. it's killing the real gospel. And if there's one thing that I can encourage you to do, I'm going to show you something here in a minute. Uh, folks, we got to open our mouth. We got to open our mouth and speak. Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you. Why? Because people hate the truth. They said, I was looking at it today, it's in Matthew, uh, Luke I don't, 19, where they, they said, we will not have this man rule over us. And who was that man? The man of truth. People will not have truth rule over them. Do you understand it? Do you understand Amen. where we are? They will not have that man rule over us. Right? And the most profound thing that, that Francis Chan said is for 6,000 years, 6,000 years, this thing hadn't changed. It hadn't changed at all in 6,000 years. But it has since 1960s. In the 1960s, it's changed. Why? Well, maybe we need to ask ourselves why that's changed. We're the peculiar people, a royal priesthood. huh? Do we see it? Are we the salt of the earth? Are we the light of the world? Do you think of your pastor as a prophet? Do you speak, think of your pastor as a, thus saith the Lord guy? Or is he, is he Benny Hinn? I'm, is, he, is he Joel Osteen? Is he Mr. Rogers? What do you see when you think of the man in the pulpit? And if you were out there right now, using me as an example, would you search out me as a pastor? Or would you sit, sit out some sissified man as a pastor? Which one would you most likely sit under? Because if you sit under me, I'm going to continually point out and coach you and try to strengthen you. You sit under some other guy, and he'll just tell you how blessed you are sitting in the mess that your life has become. You don't have to say amen. I'm just telling you the truth. And if if I came on here, and if I, if I had a ministry here where we were blessing people and financial, man, they'd be stacked up so far to get in here, you wouldn't even be able to get in the queue. Because why? Because that carnal man won't die. That carnal man will not die. You have to kill that guy. And you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Because you lose all your friends. And, whew, I'm all over it today. I'm talking about free speech. Free speech. Free speech. That's the theme. I'm going to get to it here in a minute. Ohio Brett, come on in. And Bernie. Well, Coach, those weasel pastors, that's what I think of them. You think that those guys actually read the Bible every day? They don't even know where their Bible is. And when you well, want to follow Brett, a Brett, coach, I'm going to disagree with you. I think they read it. They don't meditate on it. 
That, okay, that's fair. Because you got to really, I can know that I'm in cover too, but I don't know the techniques. And that's what makes me so disgusted is that we don't meditate on the Bible, read that mm. Bible, watch Coach Dave. Those two things right there can help change the path. Mm-hmm. Uh, amen, 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 amen. Why? Truth. It's truth. This is not rub your back, make you feel good. Uh, this is, that's not what we do here. It's not what we do here. Bernie. Yeah, Coach, I appreciate um, you picking up this topic. I just want to call out something from Romans, Romans uh, not Romans, Amos. Amos 5.18. The uh, Amos 5 actually could be a whole show on, on what we're doing here. But it says, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. What? what? Isn't that what the church is looking for? But it says, woe, woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. What end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because, because the Lord is not, you know what? It's like we're on, de- we're on death row. The Lord wants to pardon us, but he's not going to pardon us unless we repent. God so much wants to save He's putting up with all this stuff. The, the day's going to come, you know, and and he's going to and it's it's going to be an awful thing. It's not going to be something he enjoys. Okay. He, Woe not, to you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light, as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him, <laughs> or he went into a house no, and leaned his hand on the wall and a snake bit him. <laughs> Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light? even very dark and no brightness in it. Wow, Bernie. Wow. Now, all you guys yeah. are raising your hand. You want to say something. And I okay. got some good stuff to get after here, but I did it to myself. Come on in, Julie. Good morning. Great show. Um, thanks. Uh, many years ago, when I listened to a woman make a church, I won't mention the name, but you guys can all put it together. Um, talk about reading the Bible. She's like, no, she says, I don't read the Bible every day. Maybe, once or twice, you know, so it just like kind of shocked me. <laughs> yeah, well, and they're in the pulpit. What do you, they're probably listening to Norman Vincent Peale or listening to Joel Osteen's sermons, probably, because in their heart, they want to be significant and they want to build a church. They want to be king of a church. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you. Mary, uh, Jeff, come on in. Jeff, Joe, Allen, Myra, then stop. I'm going somewhere. Go, Jeff. Coach, the other night we didn't have a pastor at the church in the garage. So I don't had need two, one. Don't need yeah, one. I know. Two guys step up. I just made them step up and, and both of them take the night. It, it ended up turning out really good. But in the very beginning, as I'm explaining this, why I had these two guys stepping up here. One lady, one lady, and I said, Mary Jean said, if I didn't get this guy to do something, put some firecrackers up his butt. Oh my gosh, you ought to seen the look on her face. And the one lady looked at me and she said, you're awful bossy. I said, thank you. And it's like, and then later in the evening, and I shared different things off the show, what we've been talking about. And actually one of the guys tied right into it. And then at the end, I read the article you just sent out, the devil is real. I read that, how the public responsible. You know what she said halfway through the thing? Here was a response, like always. She said, well, I'm just a quiet type. I just let people see my actions. I'm like, that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, man, it was hot. Amen. Amen. It's a book of Acts, right? Not the book of watches. Joe Allen, then Myra. 
just think what this world would be if we didn't have so much knowledge or deal or be with people like Coach, Ohio Brett, Sheila Holmes, Mark Trump. Just think of the knowledge. Just be with people like that. So So don't also. Yeah, think of the knowledge available to us. That's right. Don't isolate yourself in churches with uh, dead pastors. Amen. Amen. Myra. Yes, concerning free speech, which is today's topic, Proverbs 17, 4 through 5. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Hallelujah. Amen. So look, if you don't have free speech, you ain't free. If you don't have free speech, you are not free. If you are not free to say what you think, you are not free. Now, let me ask you this. Hang on. You sitting down? Do you have free speech in your church? Do you have the right to stand up in your church and say to everyone in the church what you believe? I'll bet you if you do that, you end up in the pastor's office. Anybody want to argue with me on that? So the lack of free speech begins in the church, in my not-so-humble opinion, right? So if you don't have the right to say what the Lord has put on your tongue, you're not free, okay? You're not free. Amen. So freedom of speech. If your speech is not free, you are not free free, no matter what they tell you. Look at J6. Hmm? Look at school board meetings. How much time do you get at a school board meeting? Three minutes? You get three minutes to address the school board. When is the school board going to have an open forum meeting? Say, listen, we're going to call a meeting Saturday night, and uh, uh, it's not a, we're not going to do any business. We're just going to open up the floor and let people express what they feel about our schools. Can, can you imagine them doing that? No, no, no. Because if they can control your speech, they can control your ability to impact other people. Somebody say amen. Huh? If they can control your speech, they can control your ability to amen. impact amen. others. In fact, amen. how many of you at a church, amen. how many of you, Glenn, have tried over and over and over and over and over again? You, see, here I am, the same theme, right? Everything rises and falls on pastors. Everything does. Glenn, how many times have you tried and tried and tried and sent YouTube videos and sent articles to your pastor trying to get your pastor to talk about this issue, and he will not talk about it? No free speech in church. Somebody say amen. With me? Amen. Amen. Uh, Ain't no free speech in church, baby. Ain't no free speech. I'm still trying. (laughs) I'm still trying. Yeah. It's the truth, isn't it, Glenn? You, you, Glenn, it would be easier for you to get a meeting with Joe Biden than the average pastor. I, I well, they, okay, they dealt. Okay, so I now been delegated to an executive pastor oh. uh, to to discuss what to discuss my petition, uh, my proposal. Yeah. All right, and then they will bring it to the pastor and see what we can do. Right. So they're going to wear you out, right? They're going to keep running. That's sort of like lawfare, except you don't have to pay money to do it. It's the same daggone thing. They just bounce you around, bounce you around, hoping to wear you out, and then and then you'll then you'll shut up. Because Glenn, what they really want more than anything is for you to shut up, pay your money, shut up and pay your money, will you? Glenn, you're a troublemaker. 
We don't want troublemakers in church. Okay. I know. Same theme over and over and over. I got to show you something here, though. Okay, go ahead, Sue. Sue Schaefer, go ahead. Your hand's up. So I may, maybe you're on delay. Is that what it is? She's going, okay. She must have hit the wrong button. Okay, look, I'm going to show you this. Uh, uh, two things. Give me some time here, okay? This is critical that you understand. Okay. Look up um, eth- uh, ethics. Ethics. Because, see, we use the word, I, I'm sorry, it's down there, Jonathan, uh, third from the bottom, or Spencer, third from the bottom, ethics, Webster's. Folks, morality is the wrong word. We're using the wrong word. Talking about morals. No, no, no. No, no, no. Because everybody has different morals. Ethics. Ask ourselves, is that ethical? Is that ethical? Ethical. Ethics is the doctrines of morality or social manners. The science of moral philosophy, which teaches men their duty and the reasons of it. Is there any ethics in church? Do they teach ethics in church? Do they teach you your doctrine of moral, social manners, social morality, and your duty? Do they teach that? In, do they? No, they, they teach you individual. Individual. Uh, you be holy and shut up and don't bother anybody else, okay? So I, I, I wanted to see that about ethics, but then I thought ethics, ethics, ethics. I'm a wordsmith, remember? Wordsmith, ethics. Uh, that comes from ethos, doesn't it? Ethics, ethos. What's ethos? What's ethos, I said to myself. And so I went to Mr. Webster. I say, Mr. Webster, what's ethos? It's right there, Spence. Throw it up there. Ethos. Uh, and interestingly enough, it wasn't part of the old Webster 1828 dictionary. The word ethos wasn't even in there. Wasn't even in there. And now in the new Webster's, the new Webster's, it says the distinguishing character, sentiment, moral nature, or guiding beliefs of a person, group, or institution. And isn't it amazing that ethics comes from a common set of values? And the scripture says, can two walk together lest they agree? And so we are living in a world where there are two systems of ethics. We don't agree on right. See, one one of the most shocking things that you're going to have to, well, I'm going to show you right here. Glenn, uh, Glenn Greenwald, bring him up there and put him on 1.5 speed. And if we don't understand that they are, that the other side can only win the debate by forcing you to remain silent. Your voice is your power. Your voice is your power. They don't want you. They don't want to hear your voice. Okay, so Glenn Greenwald on how Democrats are trying. I hate, I hate Republican Democrats. Hey, fr- hey, friends, the Republicans are trying to block your speech just as much. I'm sorry. We got to get out of this Republican Democrat mode. We got to get out of it, okay? But this, this is the language they speak in politics, right? It's the other guy. The other guy's always wrong. We're doing it right. It's the other guy's wrong. So, Glenn, go ahead. Put it at 1.5 speed and listen to Glenn Greenwald here. Senate Judiciary and Yale-educated lawyer Dick Durbin dropped this gem on Twitter this week. Free speech does not include spreading misinformation to downplay political violence. Well, for starters, this assertion is contrary to his oath of office. But beyond that, he has to know it's wrong. So the question becomes, why is the head of the Judiciary Committee purposefully redefining what free speech, in fact, does mean? What's the end goal here? Here now is independent journalist Glenn Greenwald. Glenn, they kind of forget that it's not just speech you agree with that's protected by the First Amendment. Speech that's inconvenient, that you even find vile, uh, is also protected, especially when you're talking about political speech. What's happening here? 
Yeah, I mean, if, if free speech only is for people with whom you agree or think is telling the truth, you wouldn't need free speech. I mean, Noam Chomsky has always said, one of the people on the left who's been a steadfast defender of free speech, that even Herman Goring believed that in free speech for those he agreed with, every dictator believes in that. I think, you know, Dick Durbin has to know what he said was a lie. You would be kicked out of law school or fail the first year of law school if you said that. What's happening is that Democrats since 2016 really did conclude that the only way they can win elections is they can control the flow of information over the internet. And in order to do that, they're trying to redefine what free speech is to mean information that is false as they see it, as the government defines it, can be legitimately constrained and those who express it can be punished and that's part of their overall strategy now unsurprisingly glenn a uh, former fbi assistant director and msnbc fave he's piggybacking off of durbin's comments watch it's not free speech without responsibility attached to it so we're being duped into thinking yeah you're right i guess you do have the right to say whatever you want even if people are getting killed that, that's where we are right now we've become numb to the violent radicalization that's being incited and then we're becoming duped into thinking oh i guess that's free speech it's Oh, what a dope. Glenn, free speech isn't something you can be duped into. It's something that is. I mean, this is shocking, actually, even for people like him. You know, I, I keep trying to say that, you know, this is not an issue where people disagree with Democrats about free speech. They really have regarded come to regard censorship as central to their political project. Imagine if you accepted what he was saying is true. It would mean that constitutionally you could go round up all of the New York Times reporters who in 2002 said there were mass, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Or you could go in and sue or even in prison those who said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. As much contempt as I have for those who did that, of course I know you can't legally punish them. The state can't imprison them, even though it was misinformation, because of course that's protected by the Constitution. But they're trying to condition Americans to believe that there's a greater and greater role for the state in deciding what is true and false and therefore what can and can't be heard. Well, and you, you, we all know that there's, they, want, they want a global agreement, right? The elites would like a global agreement about what free speech should mean. And so across the Atlantic, France has now demanded that the video platform Rumble remove all content from RT, which is a Russian network. Now, to Rumble's credit, they refused. They pulled their platform from the country entirely and are looking into a legal challenge to this demand. But, Glenn, how significant is it that we now have entire nations trying to bully private companies into censorship? Whether you like RT or hate RT or Al Jazeera or like it or don't, I mean, this is bizarre. What's really alarming about this war is at the beginning of the war in Ukraine, the EU, the entire EU, made it illegal for platforms to broadcast or to platform Russian state media. Now, maybe you like RT or don't. Maybe you want to watch them or you don't. That should be your choice. But the EU has said it's not your choice. If you're a citizen of the EU, you are not allowed to access that those outlets, even if you want to hear what the Russians are saying, because we've made it illegal for you to do so. But what they're doing now is they're reaching over to American companies like Rumble, and they're saying, we demand that you take off the news sites that we just Okay, you can stop it right there. You get the point. You get the point. By the way. What do you think they're doing with prayer in school? Do you, do, you, do you not understand that the silencing of prayer in school was an attack on free speech? Do you, do you understand that? No, we don't understand it, see, right? And so what, what, we're, what happens to us is when, they, when you lose your right to free speech, the voice of God gets silenced. That's what they're after, friends. Now, look, people say, well, it's against the law to yell fire in a crowded theater. I don't know who ever came up with that. Where does, it say, where does it say that's against the law? Can somebody tell me where that says that's against the law? I can stand up and yell, uh, Nephilim, there's a giant here. I'm, I can do that. But there are consequences to speech. There's consequences to it. And see, that's what they want to make sure doesn't happen. Because there's consequences to speech that some make somebody mad because they're going to punch in the mouth. But there's also consequences to speech when you wake somebody up with that speech. And they want to make sure nobody gets wakened up, right? So all speech is free. There's just consequences to it. And so what they're trying to do, what the enemy, not Republic, did you, did you notice, Glenn? Did you notice... Uh, what we just watched, Republicans, Democrats. See, folks, they're doing this to us on purpose. The Demo the Republicans are equally wicked. They are equally wicked. I'm going to say it again. 
the Republicans are equally wicked. So you turn on MSNBC, they're the Democrat mouthpiece, and they talk about how bad Republicans are. Then you turn on Fox News, and they talk about how bad Democrats are, and we end up with our pom-poms, Republican, Democrat, and at the heart of it, free speech is being squashed. You, you, You tracking with me here? So what is free speech? What is free? The globalists want free speech silenced. The globalists do. Because if the globalists can silence free speech, they're going to win. They're going to win. So what does free speech mean? Boy, you're on top of it there, Spencer. What does that mean? This is from the United States courts. What is free speech? Freedom of speech includes the right not to speak. These are court decisions. Not to speak. The right not to salute the flag. The freedom of speech includes the right of students to wear black armbands, to use school, to protest a war. Free speech, protesting is free speech. Free speech includes the right to use certain offensive words and phrases to convey political message. There is no such thing as hate speech. It's a made up. It's made up. It's made up. It's made up. It's made up. There is no such thing as racist speech. It's made up. Folks, truth and lies. That's what we're dealing with. Free speech includes the right to use certain offensive words and phrases to complain. I said that, didn't I? It has a right to contribute money to political campaigns. It includes, these are court decisions, the right to advertise commercial products and professional services. And includes the right to engage in symbolic speech, such as January 6th, right? Now watch. Free speech does not include the right to incite an imminent lawless action. Uh, I don't know. That's what the courts have said. I don't know about that. Free speech does not include the right to make or distribute obscene materials. You ever heard of pornography? You ever been on the internet? Hmm. Don't have the oh, does not include the right to burn draft cards. Say, look, look, look when some of these decisions were look, 1957, friends. That, that second one, handing out obscene materials, 1957. That was a whole world ago. That was an entire world ago. Right? So this is what we're this is what we're dealing with. If you don't have the right to free speech, you don't have a right. Okay. Um pull up. What is that about? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, pull up homeschool girl. I got to show you this. This will encourage you. It's only a minute for all, for all of you still sending your kids to, to public schools. Okay. There's only a minute, only a minute. And no, it's only 43 seconds. How do you know? Tell me your child is homeschooled without telling me that. All right, go ahead. Tell me your child is homeschooled without telling me your child is homeschooled. I'll go first. Georgiana. Yes. (laughs) What does it mean to be a trans person? I don't know. What is the LGBTQ movement? I don't know. What is Black Lives Matter? I don't know. Who's our Lord and Savior? Jesus. How many genders are there? Two. Uh, What vaccines are safe? None. Um, um, when was the Declaration of Independence written? 1776. All right. High five. That's a boom, isn't it? Isn't that a boom? 
because that crystallizes to us the very heart of free speech. See, because Christian speech is not permitted in school, right? Come on, come on, right? And are we the mouthpiece of God? Are we told to open our mouths? Are we are we told to go and teach them to observe all the things? And what do they do? They shut us down. They eliminate our right to free speech. They say, "Oh, we can talk about evolution. We can talk about transgenderism. We can talk about all these, all these." But oh, no, don't bring that religion. Don't let that coach pray before a football game. No, no. See, it was a silencing of my free speech. That's how they win. If they shut your mouth. You are the mouth of God. If they shut your mouth, they win. They win. Randall, come on in. Uh, yeah, Coach, I would just, uh, for everyone that uh, believes in the Republicans, uh, I remember the uh, this whole this whole uh, banning speech began early in the Trump camp, it, early in the Trump presidency, with the Senate uh, bringing in all these uh, YouTube uh, executives and everybody. And at that time, the Senate was controlled by Republicans. The House was controlled by Republicans. We had a Republican president. Theoretically, the Supreme Court was uh, edged Republican. And the whole thing started then, even before COVID. So at at, at that point, I just completely gave up on the whole Republican-Democrat thing. That was one of the biggest red pills I've seen. Yep, that's right. It's a two-card money for sure. I'm with you. Hey, pull up, uh, uh, pull up Elon Musk. This is this is very very interesting as well. Just watch this. Uh, uh, almost this two clips. Uh, this Elon calls out. To, scroll down. Scroll down a little bit, Spence. Uh, this got right here. We're gonna play this. This is just a couple minutes long. Watch Elon Musk bust this guy out. Look, look, friends. Hate speech. They plant these things in our minds that don't mean anything. And I want you to watch Elon Musk undress this guy. About three minutes, I think. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I would, I would only just add that you know we have spoken to people who who have been sacked that used to be in content moderation, and and we've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation, and they just say they just there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Is that what hate speech you are you talking about? I mean, you use Twitter, right? Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, but just a personal anecdote. Like, what do you do? I don't. Personally, my uh, for you, I would see I get I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, personally, but I, I'm not going to talk to talk to the rest of for, for the rest of Twitter. So you see more hate speech personally. I would say I would see more hateful content in that in that content you don't like or or hateful. What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit. A reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, n- no, is I'm that not, what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con- content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more, it, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't use, I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you said actually, a lot, of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, 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 only, well, I only look well, at my, on a second. My you said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, I then how did you see the hateful content? content? 
Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right. And you I, can't I, give a single and, one. And, 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 and I'm saying. I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed. You just lied. What? No, no. What I claim was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether, whether it has on Give my feed or example. not, I mean, I, right, and Literally if you look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK, they will say that. So they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? That I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, COVID misinformation. You amazing. The, you've changed the COVID misinformation. Has rules. BBC changed this COVID misinformation? The BBC does not set the rules on Twitter, so I'm asking you. No, I'm talking about the BBC's misinformation about COVID. I'm, I'm, I'm literally Has asking you about, you changed the labels, the COVID misinformation labels. There used to be a policy, and then it then disappeared. Why, why do that? Well, COVID is no longer an issue. Does the BBC uh, hold itself um, at all responsible for misinformation regarding masking and side effects of vaccinations? and not reporting on that at all? And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is, a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, so. you thought it wasn't? <laughs> and this, I see now why you've done Twitter Spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Let's talk about something else. You want I'm to talk about the BBC? All right, let's, let's, let's uh, talk this about is cool. Isn't this good, right? So he's not, he's not, letting, not letting him get a right way with this bull crap. Go down. There's one more down here at the bottom, I think. One more. Huh? Listen, listen to this. Because, folks, not, not that one. Not that one. I'm sorry. Uh, no, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. No, no, up, 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 there, there, there. This is only a minute and a half. This is the heart of what's going on. Go ahead. Um, I, you know, I tend to think that, that this whole idea of, of hate speech is a little bit of a, of a red herring. I think it's what the left wants you to believe that the debate about free speech is about. So this is where I, I would disagree with Glenn a little bit. Um, is that um, is that I think that within First Amendment case law, you have this really uh, thorny fraud area of hate speech, which is generally allowed under the First Amendment, but it's something that no one really wants on social networks. They don't want it next to them. They don't want to participate with that. And what the left has wanted to do ever since Elon took over um, Twitter is to say that this is all about allowing more hate on the platform. And that's never been the motivation, I think, no. for those of us who really care about free speech, right? Even you know, this is true, I think, for Glenn. What, what is our main concern about censorship? It is political suppression. It's about narrative control. It's not like we want more hate on the platform. It's just that we want, we want a level playing field. We don't want uh, the, 
you know, thought police at Twitter are putting their thumb on the scale of American democracy and deciding who has a voice and who doesn't. That's what this is really about. And um, and I think that the people who believe in censorship want to make you think that this is about allowing more hate, and it's not. So here's the point, see. They don't want you talking about homosexuality because homosexuals don't want to hear it. And so what do they call it? Hate speech, right? Hate speech. They don't want to hear you talking about the Lord, so they call it religious speech. And they censor it. Do you understand? you understand? So if your speech is not free, you are not free. Pull up the First Amendment. Did I, did I give this that one? I thought I did. Maybe I didn't. I meant to. What is the First Amendment, the Constitution? Seven things you need to know about the First Amendment I talked about. The, first, the, five, the five freedoms that protects speech, religion. Pro- hey, what's the number one thing protected? Speech. 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 Religion speech. first. What's that? Religion is first. Speech. Religion. Okay. Congress, I'll make no goal over going to the establishment of a religion. I'm with you. Okay, I got you. Religion is first, and religion leads to speech, right? So there it is, man. There it is. So if you want to be free, no, no. If they don't want you to be free, they just take away those first. They just take those things away from you. That's all. That's all we're dealing with. Okay. I've rammed, rambled on quite a bit. Before agreeing to accept the Constitution, founders of Democratic Republic demanded that these freedoms be protected by an amendment to the original document. Did you know that? No. There's no legal age you have to reach to have your First Amendment rights. Go on down, John. Number four, or Spencer. Number, f- number four, First Amendment is neither left-wing or right-wing. It's can be used to push your political agenda. First Amendment protects us against government limits on freedom of speech. The First Amendment limits government's ability to shut you up, right? And the left, oh, I hate to use it, but it's the truth. The left wants to censor the speech of the right because the speech of the right is many times Christian-based, right? Christian-based. They cannot have this man rule over us. The First Amendment prevents government from requiring you to say something that you don't want to, but to keep you from hearing or reading the words of somebody else. In other words, freedom of speech in its very nature includes freedom to hear. Freedom to speech and freedom to hear are both included. And students have the right to pray in America's public schools. Of course, we know that. It's crazy. Go ahead, Dale. Well, that's it, Coach. It, it goes right to what you, your whole heart of your message today was about the church. The problem starts there. Because the most important phrase of a paragraph or a story is the opening line. The opening line of the Constitution of the United States limits government against religion. And so when churches refuse to come out with their free speech and enact it, brother, there you go. There is the the cornerstone problem in America. Absolutely right, brother. It is the church. Dale, the left cannot win. Listen. The left cannot win unless they limit speech. They cannot win unless they limit, limit speech. How do I know that? Well, why don't they teach? Why don't they teach uh, Bible creationism in school alongside evolution? Why don't they? Because if they do, they will lose. They will lose. Now, if I 
call Clay a cracker, which he is kind of one. Do I have the right to call Clay a cracker? Is that hate speech? Huh? No. What if I call him an a-hole? Is that hate speech? Am I not, not allowed to say that? I'm not allowed to say it? Well, they're allowed to say it to me, but I'm not allowed to say it to them. Right? If your speech is not free, you ain't free, boys and girls. You ain't free. That's the battle. That's the number one battle. Religion and freedom of speech. They're under they're under assault. If they win that battle, wait. Most of you self-censor. They, they've scared your mouth shut. They've scared your mouth shut. That's what's happened. Threatened you, scared you. Joe Allen, come on in. With that First Amendment, Coach, and this is why they, they get on to us about our speech, is they do not want us to assemble or petition against our government. Yeah, but Joe, it all starts with free speech, right? That's right. They're squashing sweet free speech, so we cannot assemble. <clears throat> hey, Jeff Klein, you out there, Jeff? I know you were. I don't know if you're still out there or not. Yep. Uh, you, you run around raising hell at all these school board meetings. Well, maybe Jeff stepped out. Yeah, I'm here. Jeff, how, how much time do you get? Three minutes. You get three minutes. Per month. Why do you why do you get three why three minutes, Jeff? Because they don't want to hear it. Well, because they want to limit your speech, don't they? Yeah. Right? Is that constitutional? Can a school board make a policy telling you you can only speak three minutes? Nope. It's unconstitutional. Right. We let them do it, though, right? We let them do yeah, it. We've been requesting to do that open forum. We've been requesting this for months. Let's get yeah. together and do it. Yeah, that's right. They don't want to do that, do they? No, because why? Because once the truth gets out, then there's consequences to it. So if they can just limit you to three minutes, hopefully you can't do too much damage in three minutes. They can shut you down. Right? Yeah, yeah. Clint, Pastor Clint, come on in. Then George. Good, good morning, Coach. Um, in all fairness, at the school board, commissioner board meetings, you can have more than three minutes. You just need to get on the agenda. Um, I can kind of understand being on the other side of the aisle. If you've got 20 people and they don't have a time limit, you could be there for hours and not be able to conduct business. And so I see why they give you three minutes. But what uh, what uh, I think, Jeff, you, you should get on the agenda. And that's what I did down at uh, down at Elberton, and I guess I talked for 30 minutes. And um, if you get on the agenda, they can't catch you off. Good point, Clint. Good point. Let me make this point. And this happened, Jeff, would, Jeff uh, could, can attest to this. The night that I was at the East Knox School Board meeting with Jeff and, and the crew up there, and I was addressing, when I was doing, it's public speech. It's public speech. And I was speaking to the public. I didn't speak to the school board members. I was speaking to the people in assembly, right? You, you never get a chance to do that. You never, ever get a chance to do that, ever, right? That's true. So I want to do it right then. I, I want to do it right then. And can I tell you the truth? I want more than three minutes to talk to those people. I want more than three minutes. That, that's our problem, see? That, that's our problem. George McCoy, come on, George, and then Jock. Three minutes was yesterday. I'm sick of being told I'm wrong. The only thing I do is read scripture. That's it. Okay. But George, if you have the right to be wrong. Given, if, okay. If three minutes is what we're given, fine. 
the next school board meeting I'm going to go to with a big sign that says, get on Coach Dave Live, 7 a.m., <laughs> Monday through Friday. Big sign. If that's what they're going to give me, a lot can be said in three minutes. I'm telling you, Coach. By the way, that's why they hate the abortion pictures. Mark Harrington's told me that for years. You can talk all you want to about abortion pictures. But if you get three minutes and you just stand up and hold up an abortion picture, you don't even need to say a word. Huh? You don't even need to say a word. Free speech comes in a lot of different ways. Jock, then Roger. Go, Jock. Yeah, school board. Who's paying their salaries? Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, when we get our three minutes, we shouldn't even be facing the school board when we're talking to them, just like you just said. Turn around and face the people. Yep. We need to wake. We need to wake up. Well, well, Jock, the night that I did it at East Knox, the uh, superintendent said, uh, uh, "Speak to the board." I said, "No, dude, I'm here to talk to these folks." Huh? He says, "You're not talking to your congregation." Because why? He knew the power of free speech. He knew it, Roger. Yeah, Dave, I, I agree that three minutes is ridiculous. But, but, what if everybody wants an hour? Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I get it. Um, you know, it, I understand, but there has to all there has to be some structure in environments at times. Um, you know, we have on the queue oftentimes. You know, let's get rid of the damn legal system. It sucks. <clears throat> okay, what are you going to put in its place? Okay, yeah. um, there has to be in a society some structure. But I agree, three minutes is not enough, but. If you don't have some structure, uh, an hour for everybody, so seven people want to speak, they're there for seven hours, you're going home at two o'clock at night, every board meeting, no one's going to be on the board. How long you know? do they sit in front of the Super Bowl? Well, I, I, I agree. No, no, I'm, It's I'm all just priorities, isn't it? Some structure on some of these things. I'm with you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just don't like who's in charge and the way it's run. Right? Laura Ann, come on in. I have a question. So since the Lord is the one who gives us our money, correct? Because we work for the Lord, right? And we're responsible for how we um, steward that money. If we, and you have to give to Caesar what is due to Caesar, right? Because you have to pay your taxes. This is the question that I have. What is the responsibility that we're tithing or because we're giving taxes, right? On the trading floor of Satan when they're teaching kids this. And he said, you know, if you hurt one of my little ones, you better, you know, having a, you know, a stone around your neck is better to be thrown into the sea. Right. Right. So what is the responsibility if you don't get up and say something that we are have before the Lord because we stayed silent? For you to know to do good and not to do it for you to sin. That's what I, that's what I would say. And they're doing all they can. They're doing all they can to make sure you can't, you can't speak. Because our money is going on the trading floor of Satan right. by, by him doing all these things because Amen. they're taking our money and using it for abortion. They're using our money because I don't want to pay for someone's abortion. I don't want to pay for them doing this in the schools because they're That's using right. our ta- most of our tax dollars, our, our city tax dollars or county go towards the public school system. I'm, I'm, so I'm with it. I'm, my- I'm with it. We're, we're upside down, man. We're upside down. Play, go play. The other side, all they've got is an offense. They don't have a defense. And Elon Musk showed us that. 
when you go on the defense like he did and then you switch it to the offense, well, then the BBC reporter, he didn't have anything to yeah, come he had, back He with. had nothing behind what he was saying, did he? That's he how it happens in these school board meetings too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. So listen, folks, freedom of speech is no good without the freedom to hear. <laughs> they go hand and hand and hand. And if they shut your mouth as a Christian man, Christian woman, when they shut your mouth, they shut the mouth of God. That's where the battle lies. Wow. See you from uh, Wisconsin tomorrow morning. Clay's going to be riding shotgun with me. We'll do the best to try to give you a good show tomorrow. And JR, JR's got a good show coming up on Saturday morning as well. You want to catch that. I can't hang around long. Got to run. God bless. See you tomorrow.